Joining me right now on the Knock On Sports Show podcast is the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack, Grady Bennett, as we get a preview of the Wolfpack here in 2021. Coach, it is great to chat with you once again. Hope you are doing well. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Great to talk to you as well. I am. I'm doing well, and I'm excited for what, for me, is season number 31. It's hard to believe. 18 as a head coach and 31 overall. Just amazing. Well, I was about to say, Coach, you and Eric Kinnaman, I put this list together. You guys are entering your 15th season as the head coach of the same program. Like I said, I know you were a head coach at Flathead before Glacier as well. But you and Eric Kinnaman right now tied with uh, going into I believe it's your 15th season this season uh, as as head coach. Yeah, all 15 up here at Glacier. And, again, it's been a special, incredibly special challenge to build a program from scratch. Way back in 2007 it started, and it's hard to believe it's year number 15 here. And, like I said, 18 overall. I mean, I just feel very blessed. That's a long time to be a head coach and to have that kind of a tenure and have everything work out. I mean, we know how tenuous it can be and how, man, year to year if things don't go well – you know, coaches can be run out pretty easily. So I'm just thankful it's gone well and, and uh, you know, heading into year 31 overall. I'm excited as ever. I was about to say, Coach, state championship under your belt numerous times to the state title game as well as the semifinals. Uh, you know, and at the same time, too, Coach, I was looking at your coaching record. Um, again, don't know when you'll hit it, but you will hit it this mark this year because uh, you're at 97 career wins as a head coach for Glacier High School. Um, so just give me your thoughts as as reaching that mark. I know you've obviously reached over 100 wins in your career as a head coach, but to do 100 wins with one program, what does that mean for you this year when, when you eventually hit that number? Well, it is special, and it's it's a great question, because when I hit 100 as a head coach, I didn't even know about it. Our radio guy actually came down after we won the game that night, it was a few years back and just said, Coach, congratulations. Did you know that was your 100th win as a head coach? And I had no idea. So, I mean, right when he said it, of course, you realize how special it is. Again, just just really because of the longevity. And you only get 10 games a year, and you think about what you have to average to get that, especially when you start out, you're building a brand-new program with sophomores, and you go 0-10, so you don't get any the first year. And then the second year, you're 2-8 and because you're still building. And so, you know, you kind of lose those two. So, yeah, to get to 100 overall and then at one school, it is. It's really special, again, just because you you understand personally what all it takes, what all Mm -hmm. goes into it, how everything has to come together, you know, with the great staff that you have to have, the great talent, the players. You know, just so many pieces have to fall into place to, to allow that to happen. So, again, I'm just very thankful, very blessed. Coach, let's talk about this because something that you hadn't experienced in your entire coaching career, and I can't imagine anybody really has, was you to deal with a pandemic last year and deal with a shortened season, no uh, non-conference games, conference games only, a lot of protocols, a lot of things you as a head coach had to monitor on top of the normal things that go uh, on during a season. So how would you describe coaching and, and getting through last season? You know, really, it honestly ended up being not too much different. I think overall as a program, I I would say for our coaching staff, it was a special year because kids realized in the spring that they might lose something that was very, very special to them. So we saw a different approach from kids than I've ever seen. You know, when they had to sit around and all of a sudden be forced to go to their home and, and sit there, especially as seniors, with the threat of not even getting to maybe play, Boy, oh boy, when when things were able to to open up, they showed up with a motivation and a sense of of thankfulness and appreciation and just, you know, wanting to be there and work hard and 
and cherish every single day that we've never seen before. Those are all things I try to teach anyways, but you know, as humans, it's natural to start to take advantage and take things for granted. Well, last year was, man, it was really unique, man. Kids were, it was, a, it was different. Uh, the only thing that was different, you know, for me as a head coach, there was just so many things that took extra time. Seating charts in classrooms, making sure that everybody was spaced out. You know, you, there was just things that took way more time. It just made it a pain. I mean, football coaching is, is very time, uh, you know, it just, it takes a lot of time anyways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those things just added so many things to it, which kind of made it a pain. But, you know, that, that, that's part of the job. So I got through that as a head coach, tried to do as good as I could to lead all that. But as far as coaching the kids, it was pretty special from that other aspect I talked about. Coach, let's talk about your off season because obviously last year very different. It started later, obviously. Uh, so this summer, how's everything going? Has it felt like okay, we're kind of back to uh, a little bit more normal off season? Yeah, really, we we did. Things really became normal in the spring. Once is when we really get started with our open gyms, and by that time, uh, things were pretty relaxed with kids as far as as long as they were working out, not having to wear masks. And so, man, once we got into our spring open gym, it just seemed like it was back to normal. And then into the summer, you know, same thing, just kind of a normal summer, getting into that weight room. The one thing we did was we always go to, to Coeur d'Alene in the Spokane area for our team camp. And we did push that back because they're a little bit more restricted over there. And so we didn't want to lose it by doing it normally in June like we always do. So we moved it back to kind of later July. And that actually ended up working out really well for us. We were able to go over and spend one day with Coeur d'Alene High School and then the next day with Gonzaga Prep in Spokane. Uh, just two really good days of, of, of work for us with those two quality programs. So, yeah, it's been great. I think our guys are ready to go and excited. And uh, they check in here in just a few days, so it's time to roll. Well, Coach, what was that like? Because you've got guys that it's been two years for some, and for some other guys, they've never got to experience that trip and to experience playing some of the other teams, and obviously competition you don't see during the regular season. So how was that aspect for these guys to just see a couple of different teams they don't normally see? Oh, it's excellent. You know, I do a, a postseason analysis survey every year of our players just to, to find ways to get better and to see what things they love about our program and what things they would change. And honestly, our trip to Spokane every summer is one of the highlights for most of the boys. They just love it. It's special because we get to go away. Uh, we get to go against teams that we don't see, like you said. And we get to do some special team building because we have them, you know, on site. They, they can't get away from us. And so we really make those nights in the hotel really special and and just do a lot of fun activities. So they love it. And, you know, we'll go against Coeur d'Alene, who's who their favorite to win the state championship probably again this year. They are a quality program top to bottom. So to go get almost eight hours in one day of, of work against them was phenomenal. And then the next day we go to Gonzaga Prep. Shoot, man, they're highly favored in the state of Washington to contend for a championship. So, man, back to back, you talk about going to prepare Against two teams that you don't have to worry about what you're showing because we don't see them on our schedule. You can just go work on things and get better against some quality, quality opponents. It was really, really valuable for us. Coach, let's take a look at your team going into 2021 now. Uh, and starting with the quarterback position, JT Allen graduates, did some great things for you as, as a starter for two seasons. How's the quarterback room shaping up this season? You know, really good. Gage Schleider, one of those kids who reminds me a lot of uh, Leif Erickson, who was really effective for us back in 2015. Uh, you know, just a real cerebral, real smart kid, knows the system very, very well. Um, not maybe as gifted athletically, so understands that like Leif did. 
and has to put the work in in the weight room and just with all the agility and the speed and quickness, but mainly uh, in the film room and on the chalkboard. And so Gage really knows our system well, and I think he's going to do a great job coming in as a junior, have him for two years hopefully, which is huge. And then behind him, you know, just a really big, gifted athlete. Isaac Kine's only going to be a sophomore, but he's really got a live arm. He's he's one of those kids that, gosh, I think he's 6'4", 210 right now. He can play literally any position we ask him to play. He's just a gifted athlete. And so, you know, he's a backup quarterback, uh, pushing Gage to be better, but he's also, we're going to use him, who knows, all over the field at various spots. And for the next three years, Isaac Kime's going to be a name that you're going to hear a lot as special kids. So quarterback room's in good shape. Coach, when it comes to studying film, do you have to teach these guys how to, to do that, what the process thinks? Because it's not just simply, you know, getting in a chair and just watching a screen. Um, so how much teaching is there when it comes to how to really learn to watch film and, and evaluate things and, and see things? Yeah, no, great question. Definitely, there's a process, you know, and I think that's something people don't understand. I mean, everybody knows that, that players watch film, especially football players and coaches. It's like, oh, yeah, we got to watch film. But, boy, I, I think maybe unsuccessful coaches don't do any of the teaching of how to actually watch film. What are the goals? What are we looking for? You know, what – and it's different for each position. So mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, I, I, I'm very blessed. Our staff is very, very good at understanding when you take a, a kid to film and when you're teaching him how to watch film, you know, what actually are you doing? What are you trying to get out of it? What things are you trying to learn? What are you looking for? What are you looking at? Um, there's definitely a process to it. Coach, talking about uh, the running back spot, you've got one of the best, if not the best, uh, guy in the state right now. A guy that makes me think of Derrick Henry or Earl Campbell. I mean, Rendina's thighs are huge. Uh, so what's it like having him, and how's his offseason been as he gets ready for his senior year? Well, I think the way to describe his offseason is, is simply he won the U.S. powerlifting championships, the high school division for his you know age and weight division. He's a U.S. national champion. Uh, strongest kid we've ever had by far. His numbers are just freakish off the charts. I mean, he's an anomaly. We'll never see a kid like that. We have kids that every once in a while can put up impressive numbers, but, you know, when you're a power lifter and you do it across the board in all three lifts, all four lifts, it's amazing. I think he's number four in the world. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to come in as strong as ever. You know, at those camps, Anthony, one of the things that's kind of fun for me to do is, is I spot the ball and I kind of play like the umpire and just, you know, keep things organized as as the teams are competing against one another. And I'll be honest with you, man, I, when that line opens up, that hole opens up, and here comes big Jake Rendina at me as an umpire. I'm trying to imagine if I was a high school boy, if I'm a, you know, 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kid, I cannot imagine trying to tackle Jake Rendina. I mean, I, seriously, it is just, wow, it's just a daunting task. So, you know, he's going to be phenomenal. He's going to have a great year. The challenge for us is going to be everybody knows that. And, you know, Gage being a junior and coming in as a young quarterback, obviously we're going to see loaded boxes. We're going to see eight, nine guys up in there. And our challenge is going to be able to to play action and use Jake as a decoy at times. I mean, he still needs to touch the ball, obviously, 30-plus times a game. That's that's no secret. We have to. But we've got to be good in our our RPO stuff, in our play action, uh, you know, getting Gage out of the pocket after a good play fake. To, to Jake and do enough in our passing game to keep people honest. Coach, another guy that you have as a weapon that lines up in the tight end position, and I know you guys line him out in the slot as well as Luke Belau. Um So also having him for Gage and your quarterbacks as that kind of safety valve, what's his offseason been like, and what have you seen from him? 
man, Luke had a phenomenal offseason. I mean, he was pretty dominant. We went to a couple seven-on-seven competitions, and, I mean, Luke was just – he was fantastic. Looked like kind of a nightmare matchup. You know, one of those guys you can get on a safety or linebacker and just really throw the ball anywhere, and Luke is going to come down with it. So he's a big weapon. I think the challenge for Luke is going to be we're going to need him to play defensive end this year as well. He's going to have to get a lot of reps, and I think – that's going to be the challenge is can he physically, with his conditioning, be a guy that, you know, can play so many reps as a defensive end but also come over and still run effective routes. And uh, we're going to have to manage that well. We're going to have to make sure we have some guys that can give him a blow on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Luke's going to really have to step up. That's a tough thing to do. Um, you know, we've had some guys do it well. I think of Patrick O'Connell, never left mm-hmm. the field, linebacker, tight end, just unbelievable. And we've had some guys that have struggled to do it and really – really had maybe not as good a seasons because they've been asked to play both ways, and it's it's a challenge. It's hard. So uh, I think for Luke, that'll be his challenge. I was going to say, Coach, let me get your thoughts on the fact that you're, you're talking about Luke there, and obviously, as you mentioned, the defensive end and the roles that you're going to need him, but at the same time, the fact that the tight end position and how we've seen it in high school, has it evolved in your opinion? I think of guys like the Ryland over in Gallatin. I know Zul Sentinel's got a couple guys that are as well, but we're seeing bigger athletes now kind of line up in, in that tight end role. It's no more just a big body lining up to block. It's a big body that's athletic that can do things uh, in the passing game. How much are you seeing evolve from a high school perspective? Yeah, I think, you know, football, especially when you're involved 30-plus years like I have been, well, even more when you consider my playing career. But uh, I think that's probably one of the positions that's morphed and developed more than any uh, in the sport. You know, when you think about the tight ends in the NFL, I mean, those guys might be some of the all-around best athletes on the entire team with what they can do. You know, they're big enough to be basically offensive tackles and block, but so many teams use them now in that fullback role, too, as lead blockers. But then they split out and run great routes like a wide receiver. I mean, they are phenomenal, freakish type athletes. And so obviously when they do it at the NFL level and the college level, it starts to obviously creep down to the high school level, and, and that's how people are using them now. I mean, that's how we use Luke. They just are asked to do so many things and be so versatile, and they're such great athletes and can do it all. So, yeah, it's a pretty special position, and what it's, how it's changed in the, in the game really overall in football is pretty amazing. Coach, taking a look at the wide receiver group, how's that position shaping up right now? Yeah, I really like it. You know, last year, because Connor Sullivan and Jake Turner were both juniors, we were a little bit inexperienced. And, uh, you know, I, I think now with those guys coming back as seniors, they're ready, they're seasoned, uh, they just look good running routes. They're both faster. They've really improved their 40 times. They're both bigger. They're smaller kids, but they both, you know, increase their strength. They work hard in the weight room. So they're just tough, gritty competitors. They're both going to have outstanding years. Tate Kaufman last year was brand new to the sport of football. He was a kid that I recruited like crazy. He finally tried it, had a really good JV season, and now with an off season, I think Tate's going to be really good for us on the edge. And so when you add Luke to that mix, and then we got a couple other guys, younger guys that are battling and getting better, I think our receiver group, our perimeter, can be really special this year and take a lot of the pressure off of of Gage, you know, being a young quarterback, and even the running game with Jake Rendina. If we can make, again, enough plays in the passing game to keep teams honest, that, that's when I think we can be really good on offense. Right now we are with the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack, Grady Bennett, as we're getting a preview of the 2021 Glacier Wolfpack football team as we get ready for the high school football season. Training camps open up a little bit later this week. Uh, coach, one of my favorite groups to talk about, the O-line and D-line here. Let's start with the offensive line. How's that group shaping up right now? Well, right now that's probably our biggest challenge because, unfortunately, with Jake Rendina 
in his senior class, we just don't have the numbers in that area. We knew it when they were sophomores. You know, they were a good, good group of kids. I like everything about them, but they just didn't have the numbers of big kids. You know, sometimes you get that with classes, so you have to kind of lean on that classes below them to help fill that. And so there's a couple seniors that are that are in there. They're a little bit smaller. They probably wouldn't be O-linemen if the class had more big bodies. Uh, but Nick Stoic and Colt Schmidt, they're going to battle like crazy. Again, they're undersized, but I know they'll give it their all. Uh, we're going to be young. I mean, that's, that's again, the challenge. You know, unfortunately, it'd be nice if Jake Rendina is a senior and we've got five big old senior linemen with a ton of experience and a ton of size and strength, but it's just not the case, and that's the way it is in high school. I mean, that's what is so challenging about coaching at this level and, and makes it so much fun. So we're going to have a couple young dogs in there that are they're good, and they're going to be great players, but might play a couple sophomores even. They're talented kids. Uh, but man, you know what it's like playing double A as, as sophomores. So there's going to be some growing pains early and Jake knows that he's going to have to be really patient with them and just, uh, encourage them and support them as they grow and get better as the season goes along. Coach, looking at the defensive line, you talked about it with, uh, Luke Bilal getting some reps over at defensive end. Uh, how's the rest of the group looking and who are going to be some guys that are going to be shaking up on the interior? Yeah, the name to really watch along with Luke Bilal is, is, uh, uh, Eric Junk, I mean, he's a, a senior kid who's worked really, really hard and is a beast. He's a beast athletically, but he's, uh, he plays hard. He's got a great motor. He's really athletic. Uh, he's not a typical size guy, as might you think, as a defensive lineman, but he's just tough and gritty. Um, Eric Junk's going to make a lot of plays for us. I thought he was one of the kids that really stood out against some great talent, uh, when we were at Coeur d'Alene in Spokane. You know, some big, talented offensive lineman and, he uh, he had his way and, and did looked really, really good. So I think he's a name you're going to hear a lot of along with Luke. After that, you know, it's going to be just by committee. We've just got a lot of some young kids uh, mm-hmm. and then and then some kids that we really haven't seen yet as seniors and juniors that we're going to find out. You know, we'll, we'll have to find out during fall camp and then maybe early on in the season who's going to rise up and be those other few guys. Coach, uh, let's look at your linebackers and your secondary, the back end of this defense here. What are you seeing from them? Well, first of all, and we'll have to be smart with this one as well because, you know, we talked about Luke Bilal playing both ways. Last year we didn't do it with Jake just because we had good linebacker play. We didn't need it. Uh, man, this year we're just – I don't think we're very smart if we don't have Luke Rind- – or, sorry, Jake Rendina out on the field as much as possible. So can he carry the ball 30-plus times? And also how many snaps can we get him at linebacker? I mean, he is a beast. We're trying to devise our scheme where – you know, we let our D linemen eat up those double team blocks and just let Jake run free. I mean, he is so physical and so strong. And you know, for as big as he is, I still runs pretty well. I mean, he he flew sideline to sideline pretty well. So again, it's gonna in in summer camp. So it's gonna come down to his conditioning. But boy, as many snaps as we can get for him at inside linebacker. Oh man, again, I, I can't imagine being a high school guard and trying to block him. And if that if that lane opens up. You know, having him have a free run at a running back, I mean, whew, he can do some damage. So alongside him is Wyatt Thomason, who's just a great kid, great leader. You know, Wyatt's uh, started all last year, was an all-conference-type player. So we moved him inside along Jake, and I think those two can be the best linebacker tandem in the state. We also have some good depth, too. So if those kids can step up behind them, then, again, we don't have to play Jake as much, but we're stupid not to at least get him as many snaps as we can, as many snaps as he can handle. As far as our secondary goes, you know, it's a group I'm excited about. Last year, again, pretty young and experienced, 
I think Connor Sullivan has a chance to be one of the best cornerbacks in the state. We're going to let him and Jake kind of trade off on, on the one side of, of corner just so that because they're both playing receiver, they can tandem that one corner. The other corner is kind of a battle, but we've got some good guys, good athletes that I think look good in the summer and showed promise. And then our safeties that I really like, Levi Frost is a name to look out for. There was times where Levi Frost I felt like was our best football player at camp, defensive football player, just flying around, making plays. You know, really good free safety. He also likes to run the alley and, and be physical and, and make make tackles in the you know in the alley. So, yeah, I I think our secondary can be really good. Jackson Hensley is a kid who tore his ACL last year, but rehabbed as hard as any kid. I mean, just so motivated and driven, and he looks so good. And I think he's healthy and ready to go now. Got the hundred percent green light, free and clear. I'm really proud of what Jackson has done to get back, and uh, I think he's going to also be a fantastic safety for us. So. Yeah, by committee, I think we've got a good group back there of you know maybe eight to ten kids that can all battle, and who's going to be on the field the most. So I'm excited about our our defensive secondary. Right now, we are with the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack, Grady Brennan, as we are getting a preview of the Glacier Wolfpack here in 2021. Coach, let's talk special teams, and you've got one of the best kickers in the state, and Patrick Rohrbach. His numbers are absolutely phenomenal, and you get him back once again for his senior year. Uh, what's it like having a, a weapon like him and his leg uh, in games this season? Well, I'll tell you what, sometimes it's really easy to take it for granted and, and take advantage of it because he's been around for four years. He was the first freshman that's ever lettered in the history of our program. It's, it's almost impossible for a freshman to get on the field, obviously, and to letter, earn a varsity letter. I mean, it just doesn't happen. He did it because we needed him as a freshman kicker, and he showed right away how good he was. And so now, entering his fourth year, man, I thought last year we got too cute with him at times. And man, I've made the the statement to our special teams coaches this year, man. No, let's not outcoach ourselves. Let's just let that kid kick the ball. I mean, there's no reason to get fancy. Just let him boom it, both on punts and on kickoffs. And so, uh, yeah, I think he's the best kicker in the state when we just let him go and and you know don't get in his head like maybe we tried to do last year a little bit too much. So, um, shoot, he's going to be phenomenal. He's going to kick at the college level. He's a great kid. I'm excited for him. And like I said, sometimes it's easy to take it for granted until he's gone from practice one day and you try to line up to do anything in the kicking game and then everybody realizes right away, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know what I mean? I mean, you put any backup in and there's a, maybe a little bit of a drop-off and you can see it. But when you have a kicker like Patrick Rohrbach, and then you put your backup kicker in, oh, man, talk about disparity. So, yeah, he's special, and we really need to use him as a weapon to change the field position and then shoot, man, be confident to trot him out there from really any distance to kick field goals because he can hit them. Coach, it's interesting, and I think it's something that we don't talk about enough, especially in the media when we're breaking down high school football, is the simple fact that, I mean, he had, I think, nearly 20 touchbacks on kickoffs last year. So how big yeah. an advantage of that is that when you have a kicker that can put it in the back of the end zone, you don't even let the other team's return team try and gain any kind of upper hand in field position. Yeah, totally, and that's one of the biggest stats that I keep track of in our special teams, and it's our goal is to win that hidden yardage battle. And those are just things that you don't see in the stats. That's why they're called hidden yards. But when you look at field position, there was literally games, and it was because of Patrick last year, where our average starting field position was almost midfield, and the opponent's starting field position average was like minus 18. So 
you're talking making them go 82 yards for every score when we only have to go half the field. That is enormous. And again, those are stats you don't see in the paper. Nobody really talks about because they don't get broken down until after. But I show them to our kids. It's a goal that we have that we try to win. And with Patrick, we almost certainly should expect to win it. Again, if you're just putting it in the end zone on kickoff and they have to start at the 20 every single time, well, now you get a couple stops and a couple pins on punts. And, again, they're, they're driving long fields to try to score. And even if you're a really good football team, that's hard to do. Coach, uh, let me get your thoughts on the quarterback position, a position, position you're very familiar with yourself and great success at that position. We're seeing guys, and, and we'll, you know, obviously I'm very curious to see how Gage turns out. You've turned out great quarterbacks in the past. Um, but guys like Isaiah Conch, Reed Harris, Kane Hewitt over at Helena, other guys as well, um, how are you seeing the progression of the position at the high school level? Are you seeing more quarterbacks lately ready to be more full-time starters and, and doing things at a faster clip where they're progressing faster and can do more by the time they're juniors or seniors? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, football is a copycat. I mean, coaches go to clinics. And so, again, you, you see what's happening with quarterback position now at the NFL level, the college level. And it's all and it's all because of what's happening at the high school level. High school uh, quarterbacks are being coached so much better now. They're being given so much, so many more tools um, and, and just so much more coaching to be able to read defenses, um, high-level offenses, sophisticated. Kids are coming out of high school so much more prepared than they were, obviously, 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever years ago, going to the college level ready to play in these high-octane offenses. Um, and then, of course, you know, we see what happens and how prepared they are when they get to the NFL and just how talented. So, it's amazing how that that I mean we talked about the tight end position how much that's changed. I think the quarterback position as well, just the approach to it, the coaching effectiveness, um, it's really special. So yeah, this year man, there are some good ones. He starts with the Hewitt kid, I think is the best at Helena High. I mean he is amazing. We went against him in a, in a seven on seven tournament this summer, and he's just special. I mean he's different. Quanch uh, those, you know, back. I mean Zach Cruz is going to play it for. He's one of the best athletes, one of the best football players in the state. Obviously, Dane's going to put him at the quarterback position. He's going to be crazy good just because he's he's such a great athlete, difference maker. Harris, he talked about. I think the the, the Dick kid who was hurt last year for Hellgate uh, didn't get to play, but it will be a junior. I think he's going to be really special because he's a crazy athlete. So yeah, this might be one of the best years for Double A quarterbacking that we've seen in a while. Um, it's, there's going to be. That's going to be the focus, I know, for us uh, defense week to week is just how are we going to deal with the great quarterback play that we're going to see every Friday night. Coach, you just alluded to it, talking about conference play there, so let me get your thoughts. Obviously, Sentinel, the defending conference champions. Helena, you just mentioned not going anywhere. You guys were up there as well last year. What do you think about the Western AA Conference? Yeah, I think you mentioned it. I mean, you got to put Sentinel right back up there just because they have so many – guys returning from a state championship team so they have to be the favorite but boy Helen High is going to be right there uh, so good I think that's going to be a battle for that top spot I, I hope we're right in there in that mix you know like you mentioned in that next breath but I, you know Capitol is always going to be good they're so well coached they have so much uh, tradition and history uh, I think Butte's going to be good I, I thought their JV quarterback last year was one of the most talented athletes we saw and they have some good perimeter and some good linemen so I think Butte's going to be in the mix uh, you know, Big Sky Flathead, yeah, it's hard to know where they're going to be at year to year with some with some changes that they've endured. But, uh, you know, it's the one thing that I always say about AA is you better be ready to go. I mean, Hellgate, I think I saw one preseason poll was kind of getting thrown around there, but 
Hellgate was picked by some coaches fifth or sixth overall in the state. And I think when you look at their just their talent, now their struggles, they don't have the numbers overall program-wise. But if you just look at their dudes and they line up Finch on the outside and and uh, again, I think Dick's going to be really special. Quarterback, their all their entire offensive line is back. They started two sophomores last year, and then some juniors. So they're seniors and juniors now. And I mean, man, they could be nasty surprise in the Western Conference and overall. So um, I, you, again, my statement about Double A is you better prepare to be your very best on every single Friday night because on any Friday night, man, anybody can beat anybody. And the Double A is just so well coached, and there's so much talent. And so uh, every Friday night, if you don't play your best, you, you're going to lose the football game. Coach, my final question for you is this. As you guys get ready for training camp later this week, only a couple weeks away from the opening week of the season, you guys will have non-conference back after a year of not having it. You're going to see a very hungry Belgrade Panthers team. So what do you think about that matchup only a couple weeks away? Yeah, it's going to be fun just because it's brand new for us. We've never played them. And right now, honestly, Anthony, we don't know that much about them. I think our coaches have started to break down a little bit, started to watch some some of their tape. Uh, but because it's an opponent we've never played, you know, the, the, the game plan sheets that we have built for everybody are just totally blank. So it's going to be fun to to uh, start that process and just kind of see what they have. And, and uh, you know, like you said, get – get somebody new on our history of uh, teams that we played just since we've never played them. So hopefully it'll be the start of something special, you know, back and forth with them. My featured guest is the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack, Grady Bennett, as they get ready for the 2021 high school football season. Coach, really appreciate the time. Really can't say thank you enough. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon, and I hope you guys have a great start to training camp. Yeah, Anthony, thanks so much. Again, I appreciate the coverage and uh, the chance to chat with you, so I look forward to the next time we get a talk, and hopefully it's, uh, you know, with exciting news about following a win or, you know, getting ready to, to have some more success with Wolfpack football.